The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at the 2018 Established Summer Training Project. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. Relationships are the most effective evangelistic tool. And so here's my outline. Um, I'll start. I, I, there's four points, I guess. Um, the first is that the gospel is key, and then relationships are key, and then time is key, and then finally prayer is key. So we'll kind of uh, we'll get into it here. So the verse with which to kind of use as a lens to interpret this entire talk uh, is in First Thessalonians 2.8, and somebody want to read that? DJ David, you got me? Thanks, dude. So once I get into my second point, relationships are key, I'm going to talk more about, um, I guess I'll break this verse down more, but that's just, that's like kind of the the thesis verse more or less for for this talk. So so my first slide, um, the gospel is key. So any any evangelism that doesn't share the gospel, that isn't gospel-centric, isn't um, evangelism. That's another claim I'll make too. So when talking about, like ways in which we'll be most effective in reaching people. Like, yes, relationships are good, and they are very effective, but obviously if we're not actually sharing the gospel, then it's, it's not evangelism at all. Um, and so a verse that really helps highlight this, Romans 1.16, says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Um, and so this verse literally tells us that the gospel is God's um, power, and what he uses um, as a tool for salvation. This is how he, on the next slide, I think, I have it. Yeah. God softens hearts to himself through his gospel. And, th- yeah, like I said, that's where his, that's where the power comes from in evangelism, God himself and through what he's done for us on the cross. Um, so Romans 1.16 is obviously a crucial verse in, in understanding this, too. Um, it's, it's not from us. It's not how well we're able to win people with ourselves, but it's, it's ultimately through being vessels of the gospel. I mean, just some other verses that I think are helpful with this, too. Isaiah 45, 22. If someone wants to read that, too, that'd be sweet. Loud. John? J-Mo? J-Mo, you want the other one? And I think, paired with Romans 1, 16, these are good verses with which to build kind of the framework up on um, on evangelism because, like, we, we can be so gifted um, in relationships, but, like, at the end of the day, it's, it is God that saves us um, through his gospel, through what he's done for us. Um, and we, like these verses say, like we've worked through in Colossians 1.12, like God is the one who qualifies us to share in his inheritance. Um, and ultimately, it doesn't come down to, to what we do, which is kind of funny because I'm going to give a talk about what we do. But... Yeah, I think the next slide said the same thing. So also, I think, helpful. These verses highlight, too, that there's, there's freedom to fail in evangelism, too, um, because of this. Because ultimately, salvation is an act solely of God and not, not about anything we do. We don't save ourselves. I think that there is a lot of freedom to fail in evangelism because ultimately, 
like God has his will and, and, and um, yeah, so I just think it's really helpful in understanding that, that we're free to fail um, with this and that these awesome relationships we can build will be fruitless ultimately if we're not sharing the gospel. So moving kind of into, into the next part, relationships are key. So this is like kind of the meat and potatoes, I guess, of, of this talk. Um, so relational evangelism is the method in which Jesus most often chooses to operate in the New Testament. Um, he invites disciples into relationship with himself. If you want to go, yeah, so obviously we see this in Matthew 28, 19, um, a charge uh, from God. The Great Commission is like, yeah, just one of the greatest um, commands in Scripture. And it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so I think right here we see, like, we're called to enter into relationships with people. Discipleship is a relationship. Um, and we're called, like, in Scripture, in one of the most famous <laughs> commands in Scripture, we're called to enter into these relationships with people. And so, uh, yeah, I think Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission is very important in, in seeing this too. Yeah, so coming back to 1 Thessalonians um, 2, 8. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also of our own selves because you had become very dear to us. So I think we're going to spend a lot of time here as well. Along with sharing the gospel, God also calls us to share ourselves. And it's not out of some sense of, obligation, but it's from the joy that Paul had seen at the hands of the ministry. Um, yeah, and I, I again included being affectionately desirous of you. I think that's, I think that's really important because, man, Paul, Paul had this joy to share as he ministered, and he, he, he desired to share himself. Um, and it's not to say relationships add anything to the gospel by any means. It's not like only the gospel if you are relationally evangelizing with people because you, you, you can't add anything to the gospel. Um, but it is just to say that we're created as relational beings and relational evangelism affirms that relationships are the most effective vehicle of delivery for the gospel. And I think I really feel that. Um, just thinking about yeah, I'll, I'll go into a little bit about how that's um, been really true in my life, but I'll talk about it just a little bit later on. So my next slide, Galatians 5.14. This is kind of, I guess, a summary as well. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So again, we have this scriptural call into loving our neighbors, and I think that this is done through relationships. I mean, through um, entering relationship with them as a way to share the gospel, I think, is what this verse uh, really means. So I think just some more practical things. There's, I just shared with you a lot of scripture, maybe a lot more of the theoretical framework with which to understand relational evangelism, but maybe just for some more practical things now. Coming off of my first project, man, I had like in my mind that there were really like two types of friendships I could have. Like I could have my ministry friendships with all my CEO friends, and then I could have like relationships with other people. And that's like really like not a helpful way to think at all. And like really almost a selfish way to think, and, and, like, I really fell into that. Like, there were guys on my football team who I would just really not desire to share with, and I was like, oh, you know, I have, I have my CEO friends, and, like, those are my ministry friendships. We're talking about the gospel, man, like, just, like, how, how really actually, like, wrong that was. Um, 
And so it's just, it's really important not to fall into this trap that we have ministry friendships and we have other friendships. I think every, every friendship is a ministry friendship for sure. Um, so that will be really helpful too when thinking about like going back to your campuses in the fall and, e- and even this summer. Um, like every, every friendship you make, every relationship you make is, is a ministry relationship. So just, just another practical too. Like vulnerability is, is really important as well. And this is something like I really struggle with is, is being vulnerable. Um, but I think it's really true that people relate better with struggle than with strength. Like I think that's, that's something that's really true in my life. Um, and we like to puff our chest and we like to hide our pain. But I think like when you're really getting to the nitty gritty with someone, like we relate so much better with struggle than with strength. I'm um, so moving kind of into my next point. Time is key. This is, this is big too. So Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And so this is, this is really convicting too. Um, like we need to be really diligent and intentional with our time. Um, and with this, with this understanding of like time, you can go to the next slide if you want. Relational evangelism acknowledges that people need time to count the cost um, because like when you're evaluating, like when you're becoming a Christian and, and, and interacting with these things for the first time, man, like there is, there is a cost for sure. Putting yourself in uncomfortable situations for the sake of the gospel and, and things like that, like there, there absolutely is a cost. Um, and evaluating and thinking and answering burning questions. Like I think about Important decisions I've made in my life. Like the next slide to talk about. Deciding, yeah, deciding to follow Christ is the most important decision that someone can ever make. Um, and it, it will take time. And so you, when you think about how long people take to decide that they want to get married or that they want to, you know, et cetera, man, like it, it definitely takes time. So like not having frustration with, with that for sure. Um, yeah, if you want to go to the next slide. So here are two kind of helpful analogies just in thinking about how to be intentional with our time. And the first is the external, internal, eternal um, example. And so just kind of example of this, these are ways with which like we converse with each other. So like an example of external conversation would be, hey, like what are, what are three words you would descri- use to describe your life? Um, and then to move into internal from that would be, oh, why did you pick why did you pick family as one of those words? And then to move from internal to eternal would be, oh, did your, did your family believe in God growing up? Did you go to church a lot? Um, I think this is really helpful when, when building relationships with people and when getting to know people better because a lot of times, and I know I have a tendency to do this as well, we skip right from the, the external to the eternal. It's like, oh, man, you, you dealt with a lot of this pain growing up, and we kind of shortchange that internal step, and we move right to the eternal. Oh, well. You don't have to worry about that pain because Jesus fixes it. He fixes your pain. And, and without taking time to really dive in and ask someone, man, how did that pain, like, how did that affect you growing up? How did that affect your view of God growing up? With, without that internal interaction, then I think it's, it's not as helpful because then you, you can just tell someone, yeah, you know, like, God fixes that, which is true. And it's absolutely truth. But without really taking time to, like, to really get in their pain with them, then it, it's not going to be as effective. And so I think that's just helpful, too. The brick-and-mortar analogy I bet a lot of people know. 
But it's just that the mortar is more like informal, like casual, fun time. And the bricks are like the more serious, like those eternal oriented conversations and things like that. Um, and so like both are good like, and both are necessary. Like the brick won't hold together without the mortar and the mortar isn't anything without the brick. But just it's also just another helpful way in thinking about how to use your time with people. Because I'm someone who, six, I love to just operate in the, in the mortar. I love to just have fun with people and not really try and have those more serious conversations, which, like I said, like, mortar isn't anything without the brick. And so that's something that I've really struggled with and had to grow into. But, yeah, I just think, I think both of these analogies are helpful um, just in understanding how we can really be intentional um, about our time with other people um, when we're evangelizing. Yeah, you can go to the next slide. Yeah, and just another thing, inviting people into your life will take time. And not everyone's going to be as comfortable with it. Like when I came to Bethel, I had, like I had encountered, like spending one-on-one time with people before. And so like when Lucas Cheka asked me or when, when Harmon Squires would ask me to, to hang out, I, I didn't think it was that weird. And so I think I had this assumption that like no one would think that's weird. But like if you don't come from like a Christian home and if you come from like a non-church going home, like, it might be really weird if someone starts asking you to get, like, one-on-one time together. And so, just acknowledging that as you're trying to, like, get into someone's life and really start, like, walking with them, like, man, it could really, like, take a lot of time. Um, yeah, because not everyone's as comfortable with this. Yeah. And then moving just kind of into my last point about prayer. Prayer is key. Um, 1 John 5, 14, 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So God, as we've seen in, in Scripture, God has called us to build relationships with people according to his will. So it is God's will that we go and make disciples of the nations, that we build relationships with people, and that we're, like, that we're faithfully doing this. Um, and, we, and we know that from this verse, that God hears and, answer our, and answers our prayers according to his will. Um, and so I just think that's really sweet and an awesome reminder that, that, yeah, like, God has called us to do this, and he will be faithful in it. He will faithfully answer our prayer in that um, according to his will. And so I have a couple more verses on the next page, too. Philippians 4.16 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then First Thessalonians five seventeen says, "Pray without ceasing." So, I think it's really evident that that prayer is key for sure. Um, just in talking about like, man, prayer is how we communicate with God, and and in evangelism, it's it's so necessary. So yeah, that's most of what I had. A little quick, but that's all right. Um, so actually, we're gonna break for a little bit, and then afterwards, we're gonna we're gonna. Um, talk about how to prepare a personal testimony. So that'll be on page 52 and 53 of your notebook. But we'll take like a five to seven minute break before we do that. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis.
For more information, we invite you to visit us online at clminneapolis.org.